Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. I'm Pastor Dan here with Pastor Roby this week, and uh, we are doing a spooky episode of the podcast talking about- You just couldn't help yourself, I you? couldn't. It's too easy. Too okay, easy. All right. Uh, talking about Halloween. How should Christians handle Halloween? There's so many fun things about the fall that happen. Yes. Uh, it's slight, It's not any cooler, but it's less humid, usually. Yes. Um, usually our leaves and trees don't change color, but the Nothing lawn may changes. change color. The lawn gets brown. But there is um, pumpkin spice- flavored everything that's right so Pumpkin that makes spice. it feel like it's small it's and fall. there are silk colored flowers and leaves that everybody brings out that's that true. make it feel like that's fall. true so it's fall but how should we handle the issue of halloween there are varying opinions on that uh, but what we want to do is we want to turn to the bible and say okay how would the bible instruct us as we think about what we're going to do with our neighbors with our family as we get closer to halloween so pastor Obi. Take it away. Yeah, so that's a it's a good question, and we talk about this often because I think it's not just about Halloween. I think it represents a larger biblical issue and tension that we are thinking about how to engage the world. Mm. And this is talked about in Scripture a couple places. Uh, John, in particular, really captures that tension in a couple places. And I'll just read two. First John chapter two. Uh, this is what he instructs us. This is uh, from the Bible, so it's from the Lord. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And representing this idea in that text of not being uh, in the world, but not of the world is sometimes how that is just kind of boiled down to to the tension here. We are in the world. We're supposed to be in the world. Jesus has left us in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Another place, kind of the companion text for that, is out of John 17. So this is probably the, you know, we could say the background of this. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer. So these are the words of Jesus himself that John would have heard him say. And Jesus says, praise this, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in, in the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So there's this idea, we are sent into the world. In the way that the Father sent the Son into the world, Jesus is sending us into the world, but that doesn't mean we just adopt the world. Romans 12, transform your mind. Don't, don't have your mind thinking like the patterns of this world, but transform your mind. So how do we be in the world, but be agents of transformation in the world and not be in the world and just adopting what the world is? We mm. want to be the light in the darkness. Um, but in the same way, Jesus took on flesh like us. So we're going to be what we would sometimes say in a, um, a, a, um, a missionary would say, contextualized to its environment. And so Halloween mm. represents that real opportunity because on one hand, you have it really is celebrating at its core. I mean, it probably started as like, just being harmless and spooky and there's candy and harvest and there's also the harvest and there's things like that over time it's uh, it's taken more like a celebrating death and even mm. evil in some places 
And so um, how then should uh, a Christian engage this this holiday? Yeah. And um, and so you have like a real tension there that I think families have to process yeah. through. And that's good to have that mindset to start with the biblical thinking of in the world, not of the world. Um, I'm supposed to be connected to it, but I'm not supposed to look like it. So how does that actually play out? Like what does that actually do as we approach Thanksgiving? How do we put that in action? Yeah, so we, you know, through this fall, we've got, um, and we've got several things. We've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas. And I think the biblical pattern is that each one of us are looking through the lens of not just I'm trying to escape the darkness of the world, I'm trying to bring light into the darkness. Mm. That's how Christ was sent into the world. So with all of these holidays, we're trying to think like that. And I think what we have to get comfortable with, because I think this is biblical, is that each of us for our own families and households and each of us for our own lives have to seek the Lord, seek the Holy Spirit, and we'll probably, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, do this a little differently. And that's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us differently with this same biblical truth of being in the world as a light, not of the world. And let me just... Let me just give the biblical foundation for that, because sometimes Christians think every Christian family has to do it a certain way or they're being unbiblical. Right. But I actually think that idea is unbiblical. And let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, you have um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. And they're celebrated because Nebuchadnezzar set up a statue of himself and said, bow down to this statue. If you don't, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. Mm. They refuse to bow down to that statue. They're thrown into the fiery furnace and God spares them. And Jesus walks along, walks inside the furnace with them. And so it's an incredible story of not compromising to the pressure of their context. That's great. We all can celebrate that. And there are moments where we step out of the culture and say, I am not going to compromise with the culture. Yeah. At the same time, there's another story, the story of Naaman. And Naaman is a, uh, he's from Syria. He comes and gets healed by Elisha of his leprosy. And at that moment, it's so dramatic what God does for him that he converts. And he says to Elisha, I'm now basically a child of, of Israel. I want to take dirt from Israel back home because even though my home and my job and my livelihood is in Syria, I want to basically be a sojourner in Israel. That's basically he's converting to following Yahweh. Then he says this, which is a beautiful story, but there's this one little line in there that's so fascinating. He says to Elisha, he says, here's the one challenging thing. I'm the general of the Syrian army. And so I walk with the king into the idolatrous temple and I'm on the arm of the king. So when the king bows down to that idol, mm. I'm literally, my body is bowing down with him. And he says, basically, what do I do? And what Elisha says is, is go, go forth and it's approved what, what you do in bowing down. Then it's kind of like God knows where your heart is, but he's placed you in that context. Mm. And so here's why I bring those, those two things up. You have even in the biblical context, a moment where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego draw the line and say, we are going to not do what everyone else is doing in our culture 
to demonstrate that we're following Christ, and that's the way he's being a light in the darkness. Yeah. And then we have a time when Naaman is uh, same scenario, bowing down to an idol, but um, even though he, he is he is accidentally looking like he's endorsing something that he is not. Mm. He's not actually worshiping that idol. It's just that he knows it's going to be, there's going to be a misunderstanding and some people are going to falsely think that he's bowing to that idol. Elisha says, it's okay. Your heart is purely worshiping Yahweh. And by being in that, that spot, you're going to be a light. And so I say all that to say, the first thing to understand is all of us need to go to the Holy Spirit in prayer and talk with, if you're married, with your spouse. If you're not married, maybe talk with a friend group about what your approach is to Halloween. There are various different approaches that can be biblical and godly and have the foundation behind it of being a light in the darkness. That's good. And you even see that in the New Testament as Paul talks about food sacrificed to idols. Yeah. And his instructions are for some, they shouldn't eat it. And for some, it's okay to eat it. Yes. it's It seems confusing because it'd be so much easier if he would just say, hey, if you believe in Jesus, this is what everybody right. does, period. Um, but it's complicated. Yes. It's so much more complicated because it's not that clean and simple. It's not just about keeping your nose clean, always doing the right thing. Yes. It's about pursuing God with your heart. Yeah. So how do we move that from a biblical context into what does that actually look like at the end of October. Absolutely. So I think what some families will do is they will say, look, we do not celebrate things that are celebrate. We don't endorse things that are celebrating evil and mm. death. We're not going to make light of the demonic and we're going to, so we are going to completely retreat from Halloween. It doesn't, and for some, they want to make that statement to their children, their friends, maybe their neighbors. And of course, they should do that in a non self righteous way, in a very gentle, loving way. There's no reason that should be snotty. I mean, they, they can do that in a way that's very gracious and loving. But they'll re, they'll say, look, we're not going to celebrate Halloween because um, I, we just can't endorse the things of darkness. And I can understand why a family would go that route. Um, we don't want to celebrate the things that are evil. Mm. That's one option. Another option is some families will say, look, there are some negative things about Halloween for sure, but all of Halloween doesn't have to be like that. They will, maybe they'll carve pumpkins. Um, for some people, I've had people come up and I've, I've carved pumpkins with my kids and they've come up to me and said, do you know the background of a carved pumpkin? That was a, an evil demonic thing. And, and I, and I say, you know, I, I am aware for me, it's in my home, we're carving a vegetable. It's like chopping up a cucumber, except we're making faces in it. Right. And so for some, they need to not even do something like that. Others will say, Hey, look, we're going to redeem the fun parts of Halloween, but it's going to be an alternative. We're not going to call it Halloween. We're not going to do any ghosts. We're not going to do anything dark. There's just going to be candy, maybe costumes, maybe pumpkin carving, but they're kind of creating an alternative. And, and ideally, again, they would do that with grace and with love, um, never condemnation, but ideally then they could use that to draw other friends and family, um, and in particular neighbors that don't know the Lord into an alternative to Halloween. So some will avoid it altogether. Some will create an alternative and you can see why that would be a great redemptive way to do that. 
Another group would, I think, another option, and I think many families do this as well, is they're going to engage Halloween. They're going to, um, they even might say they're going to celebrate Halloween. Now, they're not going to celebrate the wicked, violent, um, suggestive parts of Halloween. They're going to leave out the sinful parts, mm. but they may have some decor on their lawn that maybe it's uh, some pump- some pumpkins or um, some other things that are, and maybe even some things that are spooky, maybe not evil. You know, they may mm. engage Halloween. They may go trick or treating, and they may um, they may use that as an opportunity to be in the world. And I think those that, but not of the world. I think those that have done that and go that route have noticed that Halloween is one of the few times that South Floridians engage their neighbors. We do it after hurricanes, uh, mm-hmm. and we do it. And Halloween, everyone's out in their street and they're saying, look, I want to reach my neighbors. I want to get to know them. I'm not going to compromise in that. I'm, I'm not going to uh, participate in the dark, sinful or wicked parts of Halloween, but I am going to lean into Halloween. I want to give out the best candy on the street. I yep. want to uh, I want to go around with my kids in appropriate costumes. I want to get to know my neighbors, get to know their names and Um, there may be some misunderstanding that people may misunderstand that I'm endorsing something I'm not, but they they will be following along in the footsteps of some biblical characters that at times have stepped into, like you said, with the food sacrifice to Mm -hmm. idols and Naaman and, and, and Daniel and others who have been mistakenly, uh, assumed that they're endorsing something they're not because they want to have a presence of love inside, uh, presence of love towards those around them. So three different options, I think all have precedent and background biblically. And I think each family um, should really lean in and decide what the Lord's leading them to do. Yeah, that's good. I love Paul's encouragement where he says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. That's good. And it reminds me that this is a time when, um, as a Christian, all things are permissible. But um, not everything's going to be beneficial, right? You know, there are things that I could uh, decorate or talk about with my kids that is not going to be beneficial for them, not right. beneficial for my soul either. But there are ways that I can leverage this time to do something that's beneficial for proclaiming the name of Jesus, for making His name known, for being able to share and connect with neighbors, um, and even just sharing His love with the neighbor. Um, so it's an interesting time to kind of play that out. Yeah, why don't you share, I know you've thought about this, why don't you just share your what you and Stephanie and the kids and how you guys have handled this in your home? Yeah, so my kids love, love candy and celebrating <laughs> and uh, love dressing up on a regular basis. So whether it's dressing up like a grandma or like a ballerina or like a T-Rex, like my kids love dressing up. So what we're going to do is we're going to get together earlier. Uh, there are several other neighbors who don't go to City Rev who also have kids a similar age. And we're going to get together earlier and go walk around the neighborhood and go to a lot of the fun houses. You know, maybe they've got a giant inflatable spider or something like that outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, go trick-or-treating with them. And they'll walk up and we'll meet some people and say hi to some neighbors we haven't seen in a while. Um, all the while, the adults are able to walk around in the street. And we're having a conversation and building a friendship with those adults. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I've got another neighbor who moved in this year who just had a baby. And I can tell they're eager to try and connect, but it's a prime opportunity for us to be able to have an hour of walking around the neighbor talking. Sure. When it would be maybe awkward for me to knock on his door this Tuesday and say, hey, you want to walk around for an hour and talk? (laughs) Uh, It just wouldn't have the same feeling to it. 
Um, and then after we walk around the neighborhood, the other thing is one of the other neighbors, mm. two guys live next to each other. They love having a party in their front yard. And I've done this some in the past, but they're going to set up a tent and tables and chairs right. and have you know multiple bowls of candy out there. So as families come by, we're all giving them candy. Uh, one of them is going to have a grill out there and he's making hamburgers and hot dogs and offering those to mm. people as they walk by. Uh, so it's just a really fun way for us, for the kids to play together, right. um, for them to use their imagination, for us to have a lot of candy, and leverage the opportunity to have conversations right. with our neighbors. Yep. I think that's great. I think uh, I know in my neighborhood there was one neighbor a few doors down that had a fire pit out, mm. and the adults would sit around the fire pit, and then everyone brought candy and together would pass out candy and just get to know people as they walked by. In general, you know, Jesus says in John 17, and I'll just say this, um, you know, as we're wrapping up, but Jesus says in John 17, um, I'm sending them in the world as you, Father, sent me into the world. So what was the pattern of Jesus? I think this is kind of the main crux. And Jesus was misunderstood when he would go eat at a tax collector's house, or he would, when other rabbis would be you know, I can't possibly associate with a sinner. It'll look like I'm endorsing their lifestyle. Mm. And Jesus wasn't worried about that. He was more worried about showing love. And so whatever you decide to do, I think uh, have in your mind, you've mm. been already washed clean by Jesus. You've already been washed clean. That's not hanging in the balance. So being a person that's washed clean, we're going into the world and we're showing the light of Jesus. And so um, don't retreat from the world, engage the world, whichever of those three options you do, do it in a manner that's not retreating out of the world, trying to stay clean. Yeah. You've already been made clean. So go into the world and shine the light and look for opportunities to show love, get to know your neighbors and show love to them just in the same way Jesus has shown love to you. That's excellent. What a great reminder that it's not the way we interact with things like Halloween mm -hmm. that make us clean. Jesus has already made us clean. Yes. And now we're free to operate in response to that. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on the City Rev Life podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope as it gets closer to Halloween that you pray and figure out, God, how would you have us interact with our neighborhood, with our community, with our city at a time like this? Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.